Welcome to the Dreaming Big Podcast, where we talk about how to move from feeling stuck and stagnant in your life to accessing your dreams and passions. This is the place to make space for those big and often uncomfortable emotions without judgment or conditions so you can figure out what you want to be doing instead. I'm your host, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not to be a replacement for therapy, nor is meant to be used for mental health, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to therapyden.com or inclusivetherapist.com to find a therapist in your area. Or if you would like to work with me, go to healingwithgroup.com. Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about the role of self-care when trying to create a life where you're out of survival mode and how self-care is misunderstood by most people. So when the reason why we're even talking about this is because self-care really isn't put on the forefront because like seriously, when it's about kind of surviving in the environment, surviving at work, it really doesn't seem to matter what you feel or what you need to do. It doesn't matter how you need to take care of yourself because really what matters is the bottom line. So I'm thinking about like my community mental health days where, you know, we talk, ideally, this is how it's supposed to be. You go and see your clients or do whatever and you get one hour for lunch and then you also get an hour of protected time so you can catch up on notes or paperwork or whatever. But you're not supposed to be like packed you know, throughout the whole day, because that leads to burnout. However, what was actually modeled was, okay, you don't need protected time. Because you aren't because you're behind on your productivity. And so that protected time needs to be made up, like, not made up like sacrifice, because you need to catch up on your hours. I remember even when I was working in a hospital, you know, I was almost even encouraged to forgo supervision because there just wasn't enough staff to take care of clients for like group therapy and whatnot. Now, when you're an associate therapist, one of the requirements is that you receive weekly supervision in which you meet up with your clinical supervisor. This is somebody who's licensed and has like, you know, at least 3000 hours and a couple of years ahead of you. And You know, you go and you update them on your clients and you update them on these things and then they give you feedback. And so you provide so you're providing quality care to your clients because, you know, as an associate, you don't have like you don't have enough experience to be like the best yet. So, you know, but that was kind of like for good. Like, "Mm, no, we're kind of short staff. So I'm going to need you to not do that so you can take care of these other things. So, again, it's not about taking care of oneself when when the most important thing that, you know, that's the focus is you need to complete the task. You need to, you need to meet productivity. You need to do the things and in the time that they want you to. Kind of like Devil Wears Prada. Who cares if Andy in Devil Wears Prada wants a lunch break or needs to pee because she only gets 30 minutes and if it's outside of that, to hell with their bladder. So there's that. That is why self-care is so important to talk about. Now, before we like talk about like what self-care is, I'm going to talk about what self-care isn't because this is the thing that really annoys me when people talk about self-care. 
So I'm thinking like social media and there's this glamorized version of self-care in which, you know, there's bubble baths and spa days. And look, I'm not bashing bubble baths or spa days. Like I don't get them, but like that is life to some people. That is like what they need to do to like feel good at the end of the day. But what you're missing is you don't need to do a lot of fancy things to take care of yourself. I mean, those are luxuries. Those are extras. That's great. Like if it warms your soul, like go for it. But not everybody's going to have access to a spa to go to every day when they're stressed out. Maybe you need a spa day once a month. Maybe you need a spa day once every three months. Who knows? But what is it that you're going to need to do on a daily basis to take care of yourself? Because that's really the most important thing. So when we're talking about like self-care, what I'm talking about is kind of the like unsexy things of our day. Like, are you eating? Because maybe you're not, or maybe you're eating too much. And look, I'm not talking about it in like, I believe in health at every size and intuitive eating and that you can listen to your body and that you're going to feed yourself the way that you need to feed yourself and nourish yourself and such. However, there are points where we do overeat. And I'm talking about like when you're physically uncomfortable, like physically uncomfortable, that that's also a thing, not with judgment. It's just more of, are you nourishing yourself? Because if you're not eating enough, then that's going to impact the how much resources you have to cope with everything around you. Or if you're eating to the point where you're so uncomfortable and so full, that's also going to impact the way you feel in your body and how you're going to cope with things. It leads to moodiness. It leads to increased, you know, shorter reaction time. So you might like snap at someone. And if you're in an environment like a toxic workplace, that might be to a coworker or it might be you snapping at yourself when there's a mistake somewhere. So are you eating? And are you eating at the point that it it is nourishing to you and it feels fulfilling? And another unsexy thing, how are you sleeping? Because sleep is so important. It helps with memory. It helps you regulate your emotion when you're getting enough sleep and with focus and whatnot. Like sleep is magical. I mean, there's no set hours of sleep that you need per night. They recommend like what, seven to nine. But really, if you're waking up refreshed, that's what's important. So are you getting enough sleep? Do you make it a priority? Because a lot of times people don't. So, you know, it's, it's almost like kind of defined, like, here's my bedtime. I could go to bed or I don't know, maybe I can scroll on TikTok for five hours and then, oops, it's already morning or I have like five more hours to get sleep, you know, or sometimes you get so stuck in your head from all the things that went on during the day. Maybe you're calculating all the things that you did wrong. Like I did this and this and this wrong and kind of shaming yourself that gets in the way of sleep. And when you don't have enough sleep, you wake up tired. And when you're tired, it's harder to manage your emotions and it's harder to focus and it's harder to get everything accomplished. I mean, 
I think in the, not I think, in this culture, there's a lot of pride on like, look on how I can sustain myself on literally nothing. I'm going to celebrate my three hours of sleep and the fact I can, you know, work 12 hours. And you know what? That's going to lead to having breakdowns, whether that's a breakdown of the body or a breakdown of an emotions. It's really hard to cope when you're tired. So, you know, for the people in your life, like if you had to think about the people in your life, how many of them are pleasant when they're tired? So I have a three-year-old. Okay, they're not three, but they're almost three. I have an almost three-year-old. And when he is tired, he has a hard time with coping with a lot of things. Things that maybe wouldn't normally bother him, completely bother him. Like full full blown tantrum. And it makes sense because when you're tired, you just don't have the resources. So again, it it's unsexy, but are you getting sleep? Because if you're not getting sleep, it's going to make it harder for you to sustain. And another thing, and maybe this is where bubble baths and spa days can be involved, but not exclusive. Um, when do you have time to relax? So if you care very much about work and taking care of others, you might be in the, not the mindset, but maybe in the pattern of literally putting everybody else's needs before your own. So you're going to work on those projects. You're going to listen to your friend. You're going to do all these other things, but you're going to keep busy all the time. And you're going to avoid having time for you to like relax relaxing your mind, relaxing your body, because there feels like there's so much that you have to do, but you're human and you have limited amount of resources, time, energy, whatnot. And so that kind of behavior is what leads to burnout. That's what leads to, you know, again, that breakdown, all these things are really important because if you're not managing how you eat, And again, not managing as in like dieting, but more like if you're not listening to your body and fulfilling its needs in that way, that that's going to cause problems along with sleep and not just like not relaxing. Now, I do want to point out that there's a lot of privilege that is associated with self-care because not everybody's going to have the same amount of time to engage in self-care. If you're somebody who don't have as many resources, maybe you have to work a couple of jobs, which means you have to get less sleep. Maybe there's not enough resources for food. Maybe, you know, so there is privilege in how you engage in self-care. However, in areas where you do have control, how do you prioritize it? Because it's so important for you to get out of survival mode. So, when we're thinking about making these changes that are going to make it sustainable, the first thing I like to look at is what are the barriers? Because let's be like, none of what I'm saying is rocket science. Nothing I'm saying is so original that like, Oh my goodness, like genius. I mean, I like to think I'm awesome, but you know, really it's not the most original thing in the whole entire world. You know, I learned most of this stuff from doing, um, being trained in dialectical behavioral therapy. So again, not original. The most important thing is what's going to get in the way of me actually doing these things, because there are a whole set of beliefs that can get in the way. 
And like I said, like privilege or the lack of privilege can also get in the way. So there's some things that you might not be able to do just because of where you're at physically or like your identity, who, literally your body. So let's look at that. So when I'm thinking about like, if you're not allowing yourself to have time to rest, my question is, how comfortable are you even with resting? Like, is it something that you like to dream about? Like, ooh, I would love to be able to go to the beach and like lay in the sand and whatnot. Is it comfortable like in imagination form, but uncomfortable when you actually have time to like maybe lay on your couch and binge watch things on Netflix? And if that's the case, do you even want to start embracing letting yourself rest? Because if you're not ready to let yourself relax a little bit and take care of yourself a little bit, then it doesn't matter what, you know, what tips you learn. You're not going to do it. You have to convince you, a part of you, you don't even have to be 100% convinced to do it, but you have to convince a part of you to be able to like, okay, it's worth feeling uncomfortable and it's worth trying to practice leaning into this rest because... I know it sounds ridiculous, but resting when you're not used to resting can feel intensely uncomfortable. You know, I've talked to people, I have friends and family members, including myself, who have adjusted to slow and rest. So I used to work when I, before I entered my master's program, I used to take some random like biology classes and chemistry classes just because, because I'm a nerd. Well, actually, I wanted to go into med school, and I'm a psychology major, so I had none of those classes. So, But at this point, I was just really enjoying them. But I was also working with community mental health at the same time. So there was never a day where I had off. It was either I had school, I had work in school, or I had work. But there was no actual day. And we went from, I went from seven days a week working to only three days a week working. And I guess it was like the summer, so I didn't have school. And oh man, like that was intense. I, I had these three days off and I did not even know what to do with myself. Like almost, almost like an existential crisis. So there is legit discomfort when you let yourself take care of you and slow down. And that is okay. If you acknowledge it, then at least you can prepare for it and be like, okay, it's worth it on the other end because now I'm going to be able to feel good because I'm going to be able to take that nap that I really need. I'm going to be able to eat that meal. That's really just yummy on so many levels. So yes, embrace the discomfort of it, but maybe that's not your thing. Maybe that's not the reason why you're, you're, why you're fighting, taking care of yourself. Maybe there's other things. Now, like in group therapy, especially like in the way that I run group therapies, these concerns pop up in terms of like self-care because sometimes members will come to group wanting to take care of others. So the idea of group therapy is that you're going in because you're wanting to be taken care of. You're, you're there for your own mental health, not necessarily to take care of other people and their mental health. Now there is supporting other people versus like I'm taking care of them. So this will come up especially if you're a caretaker. Um, 
and you will take care of other people and help manage other things because you're comfortable doing that rather than like sitting with yourself. But the wonderful thing about group therapy and kind of seeing that in the moment is this is a really good opportunity to stop you from doing that and to kind of challenge it, challenge you to embrace that self-care in that moment. So if somebody, so instead of like you taking care of everyone else's needs, you get to also have your need taken care of too. And it can help you learn to slow down. So then outside of group, you can also practice slowing down without the guilt of slowing down, without the shame of slowing down. And maybe even appreciate how good it feels to slow down after that initial discomfort. So as we wrap things up, you know, you want to make sure that you start with small things to help take care of yourself. You know, you don't need to revamp your whole life for this just quite yet. I mean, obviously the goal is to make everything or like majority of the things sustainable, but that's not realistic at first. So start with what you can. If that means making sure you go to bed at a certain time, then do that. If it means scheduling 30 minutes a day to just like let your brain go numb by watching something amazing. I don't know, like whatever it is, start with that because, you know, that's going to get to you where you want to be. It's not about hustling with like the least amount of resources. That's not sustainable. You're going to crash and burn. But thank you for joining me today. And until next time, toodles. If you have enjoyed today's podcast and are ready to take the leap to embrace your emotions and trust yourself so you can start dreaming, go to healingwithgroup.com. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can also follow me on Instagram at Allison Gomez LMFT.